magnificently inspired. Richard Eder of the New York Times says, brilliantly grotesque. The Austin Sun, this may be the best podcast ever made. A boy and his dog. A podcast that has become a cult legend. Right now I'm hungry and I want to get laid. That's what you always say. Hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric back from a luxurious Labor Day holiday, the start of college football uh, for Michigan State it started half an hour later than everybody else in the country for Clemson it maybe still hasn't started and for Keon Coleman I take back everything I said about you being a greedy bastard that that performance against LSU put that guy on everybody's draft board if they weren't paying attention and I also if, if, if only Michigan State had money to pay him right isn't that the big problem well sometimes the best things in life are free like free Harbaugh is that his going right now? Or is that a political statement? I want to tell no, our I'm listeners just saying, about uh, Keon Coleman first, please. What? Who? For those that don't I know who he is. Oh, hey, guess who's back from vacation? <laughs> Go ahead. You got the floor. No, I just wanted you to do it, Michigan State guy. I said all I had to say about him. You, you, you don't want me to go on and on. I was concise. I was to the point. I moved on. And a you wide could... receiver for the Michigan State Spartans that left mm-hmm. for Florida State mm-hmm. for reasons that are unknown except for money. Well, all we hear is that he needed more money. Yeah. Because then Mel Tucker complained about not having enough money, even though how much does he make? Mel? Oh, is it his job to pay him? No, but I'm just saying I don't want to hear him complain about money when he's making nine and a half million. Mel Tucker now makes the median average salary for major coaches in the United okay. States, which is a, a tragedy and a disgrace and a shame. But we want to get to some more positive stuff, like uh, my great column on the mayor's race, which everybody read, and which revealed my adult dyslexia that, that kicked in. Yeah, it's good. Okay. People moving forward. People right. standing up and declaring their interest in being a part of our of our uh, political class and our leadership and all that other good stuff. And we have a special guest, John Carlisle from the Detroit Free Press, is here to talk about a story that is just going through the roof about a dog and old people. And only one of those groups has accidents in the house. And he's going to tell <laughs> us which one it is and how that dog got into the house. So, John, great to have you on the show. Uh, hi, boys. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you, as we said. Sean, <laughs> Sean is uh, Sean is beyond. So he says, once again, he loves it when the Soul of Detroit has two great Detroit Free Press columnists on. It doesn't happen every week, but this week, <laughs> this week, it's pretty, it's pretty much guaranteed. So yeah, no, it's I'm definitely not in that company. So that's a wonderful. Oh, who said that? Who's don't you're saying? He always you, says that. No, he's always talking about how good he is, and that's that's fine. You prop yourself up. Why don't, prop, you why, don't you try, why don't you try propping yourself up? It's just I, no reason to, really. Oh, I don't deserve that. You're the worst. You know, self-love, Sean, doesn't <laughs> always involve puffs with lotion, okay? Sometimes it comes from within. Why do you need lotion if you know what you're doing? <laughs> what? Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Okay, yeah. expand on that. John says he doesn't go blue. It's good because we got that, we got that covered. <laughs> And uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, about some feedback where some people are weighing in on some of the dynamic personalities on this show. Perhaps 
some of their self-loathing has revealed itself in their hatred for others. I just like uh, the so fact that I, I had to run outside the studio for a second, and I realized, is that your car right out in front of the house, John? Yes. So we bro both drive a Hondas. So that's that that says something, no? <laughs> what, what does it, it, what it, it say? What does it say? I don't know. That we're not driving a Riviera. They were not. They were driving along, and we're not saying, "Hey, look at me." That's to reflects, me what it says. I think it reflects our salary. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. and uh, and uh, and maybe mileage. Yeah. Well, uh, on us or the cars, both yes. probably. Yeah, they're both high. Well, less than 24 hours after Labor Day, uh, Sean gives a free plug to the Japanese car makers. Thank you very much on behalf of all American workers. <laughs> that are made in, uh, in Indiana, though. Made in Ohio, Ohio right? Ohio, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, where are your cars made? Mine? I think mine was made in Flint. Was or, it? Uh, where maybe, were the parts maybe, made? Maybe in Lansing. In 1985? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're talking about your review. They're probably made in a foundry somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Shit. That's and true. I drive a 300, which I think is made Windsor. If you hate Canada, then uh, you know our friends in South Detroit uh, may want to speak to you. Yeah, a bunch of progressives over there. I think I think Clemmy and I might have a little conversation with you on the other side of the bridge if you're interested in that. You know, this has gotten a lot harder since you put this big giant monitor, and I can't see you anymore. Which is well, he's on the monitor. Yeah, yeah but see it's him not on the, the monitor. Same. There's a delay. Oh, you need to experience like the audience experience. <laughs> there you are. Oh, that's yeah, that's only if you're watching he's, he's on very Facebook. Good. He's good looking, right? He's YouTube. fetching. It's we, uh, part of the charm. He, he doesn't understand how the medium works, I don't think. Yeah, no, he doesn't even understand how the What's extra a small works. Sean's more of a double XL guy. Don't talk mediums. Are you talking about my chins? <laughs> no, I, I don't judge you based on your looks. Although I do know you, so I feel safe com complimenting your good looks. But uh, <laughs> I don't. That's a callback. This is what you came for, John? By the way, did I'm not any, disappointed yet? Did anybody see that game uh, that happened in a suburb of Dallas where uh, hmm. where Coach Prime kicked the shit? Oh my god, out of TCU, it was awesome. I think that's actually in Fort Worth, or maybe I think TCU's in Fort Worth. In yeah, Fort yeah Worth. it's a suburb of Dallas. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I'm slow. <laughs> slow down. Sorry. Um, yeah, Sorry. no, it was great. Didn't everybody love that? Is anybody very mad about it? Other than Lee Corso was angry about uh, Prime, you know, having all the transfer portal people. Did you hear the way he was getting jeered before the game? Did you see that? I clip? did see it. Yeah. Was uh -huh. that a little? What did you think of those jeers? Were they regular booze, or was there something a little bit more to them? I thought it was a regular college football booze. Okay, just curious. What Why? And did I? Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe because I know that area, and you know, yeah. What do you? What do you think? It was racist. Then mm, TCU. I don't know. It's. I want to be careful what, what does I that say. Mean? Here. TCU. What a Christian school. Dion is very Christian. He is. You know what's funny? Usually I. Um, We'll roll my eyes at uh, some college coaches talking about Christianity because I think it's just more a um, recruiting tool. Yeah, or recruiting. I, I don't know. I think it just depends kind of, on the coach, right? Exactly. And where they're from. Where's Dion's faith come from? It comes up out of picking, singing hymnals, picking cotton to survive. Well, no, no, seriously. That's where his faith comes from. It does. That's that's the tradition that's been passed down. It's about well, I mean, survival. He wrote in Where his book. Where does TCU folks face? He wrote come? in his book that it was driving off of a cliff when his life was falling apart. Right, but he was taught that as a kid, whose parents were taught that as a kid. Right, so that's where it did. That's why it feels a little bit different. I don't know. He seemed to be born again, and it just I you know look we judge these things, and I just felt he was very genuine. About did you see the clip of his speech, pregame speech? Uh, I love a speech. 
like you're being did used you, in church. Did, did you want to ex- exactly? Got everyone ex- all riled up. Did you want to go? Did you want to go intense. play for him? And what was he talking about? Not you, but the guy next to you. That's a, that's a very it's clever, an interesting technique. It's a very clever technique, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I do this out of the backyard. I had nothing to do. I just wanted to go. It's not you. You're not a dog. The guy next to you yeah. is a dog. The guy next to you cares about you. That's. Yeah, in but football in particular, because that's there's a lot not of a new message that you play for the guy. It's not a new message at all, but there's a tone to it that's just that's the work. And he was building up to a crescendo. I remember Courtney Hawkins, your guy, right, Mike? Uh, he's his own man, but I am a fan of Mr. Hawkins. Receiver, real quick, receivers coach at Michigan State. He was a high school coach at Flint Beecher for a long time, and and Eric Seals, who's a really good videographer, photographer for the Free Press, and I spent a whole fall up there. It was probably 15 years ago, back when I was actually writing. And um, he would start before the game, he'd kneel his team down and say the Lord's Prayer, right, in a public school. But the way he would do it, they would start almost singing. It would start as a chant, and it would turn into a song by the end of it. And it got louder and louder and louder. And if you didn't, he made you want to go run out in the field and endure pain, which is what football is. And, uh, yeah, it gets a little blurry, separation of church and state and that with a public (laughs) school. But But the power and the way that he did that, yeah, it was it was really something, and it made I, me think of that when I listened to Dion. I wish he would pray over Malik Carr's hands because he had some some pretty ugly drops on. That's all you care about. Friday, but he did make a catch. Don't pay the players, but make sure you perform for me. <laughs> I'm praying for a young man. What's wrong with that? I, I do this show for you because I already feel good about myself. This is all about trying to boost your ego. We want you to try and. I want to lord over rental properties and tailgate and make money and watch these kids. But I don't want him to get paid. And God damn it, catch. Well, I'm, well thanks, <laughs> thanks for the blasphemy and the judgment. I thought you were the guy who didn't judge everybody. But you know who, who doesn't, doesn't believe in the power of prayer for your future? Wow, that didn't sound good, dude. No, it makes, no, it makes him sound like he's, uh, he's, very much he's, he's soulless. But no, he's, he also believes in numbers. He's not praying for a better tomorrow. He's working towards it every day. Single. He's, oh, he's working doing both. How for about you. That? He's working for the person next to you. He's praying for for your good fortune, but he's also go. helping you build. There you go. That fortune, and maybe he's wondering why he's helping us with the show. But his name is Luke Nowacki. Is Luke Nowacki? You can give him a call two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. Luke is a fiduciary. He's an investment guy. He wants to make sure that your goals. Um, what, what they are, and then he wants to make sure you're targeting them correctly. You know, bonds. Do you want equity? Where are you going to put your money so it grows? So um, you're going to have plenty of money late in life, and you won't have to work all the time. Maybe right? Isn't that how it works? Call Luke Nowacki. Free uh, consultation two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. Because while some people lord over tenants and throw tailgates, Luke makes it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Sync. <laughs> We're also brought to you by the Cadu Cafe, the pride of the east side. Kitchens open late every night. They have live music virtually every night. It's a great place to go for eats, beats, and treats. Oh, it sounds like the kind of like the butchery too. But uh, this is on the east side. This is the Cadu Cafe. We're going to tell you a little bit more about who's playing at the Cadu Cafe later on in the show. But to find out what's happening whenever, you can go to the CadjuCafe.com. So there are two sponsors here. And of course, we're sponsored by everybody who has the kindness to open their wallet. And, you know, if they're not being lorded over, they can just maybe, out of the goodness That's of their heart, twice. send us a few shekels. Yeah, that, so. mean, that means you struck a nerve. <laughs> 
Uh, well, you know who struck a nerve is John Carla with his story about a dog. John has been one of the premier uh, attractions at the Free Press for a long time, writing stories that you won't find anywhere else about places you might not get to, but when you read his stuff, you're like, I think I'm going to try it. I think Mark may have found a reason to spend some more time up north recently. So he knows what a fascinating place it is. But John wrote, a shaggy dog. Well, that's not really a shaggy dog. He's kind of more of a... He's well-groomed. He's yeah, not too shaggy. He's a handsome, handsome sort of a shepherd mix, would you say? He's a little bit of Rottweiler, shepherd, a lot of stuff. Okay. Just a mutt. So typical typical wild beast there, and uh, not exactly John London material. I mean, he's not beating off... Uh, oh, boy. What? He's not going after wolves or coyotes or anything like that, but he is bringing a lot of comfort and a lot of happiness to... Some codgers. Yeah. Dog, uh, do I tell the story briefly? Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, this is a story where people like like uh, the uh, star of the Carlson Sean podcast was saying, this is a movie. This should be a movie. Hollywood would be calling John Carlisle and saying, we're going to steal your story. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah, they usually don't call to do that. They yeah, just do it. They right? don't pay you. No, so there was a, I came across a story about this dog that they picked up wandering up north, took to a, animal shelter and he somehow broke out he had to climb a 10-foot chain link fence which I, it's hard enough for a person i don't know how a dog does it but he did it hopped over across the highway and for some reason walked into this nursing home snuck in middle of the night they have automatic doors they're a little more trusting up there there's very few protocols yes normally you need a key card or something to yeah, sw swipe in, that open yeah. just like we did so he went to sleep on a couch in the lobby for the night and so the next day a nurse found him and she was astonished. You know, who's this dog? No one knew who this dog was. So they called the animal shelter. And the animal It's not shelter. a small dog, right? I mean, you see this dog laying, and you're like, oh, okay, I better be careful with Pretty this. Pretty medium-sized. Okay. Good-sized dog. 70, 80 pounds. And so they called the that's, animal shelter. And the, dog. the shelter said, coincidentally, he escaped from us. We're going to come get him back. So they took him back. A couple days later, he's back on that couch. <laughs> like, how does he keep doing this? They took him back. Third time he does this. So this time... Oddly enough, the nursing home says, maybe we should just keep him. He clearly wants to be here. And so they adopted this dog. And uh, it just becomes an unusual sort of inadvertently feel-good story. I don't like doing feel-good stories. You know what I mean? They're hallmarky. I try to put something dark in there to balance it out. I just hate that stuff. But well, the dog ripped a old person's throat out right he did not actually it's shocking oh. it's what's weird about it is that they trusted I guess this i dog. misread that these are very slow old people you're taking a risk letting a dog in there no yeah when they don't know his background is. either too right isn't that yeah, pretty and, risky yeah exactly he had been abused you could tell he cowers you go near him he barks at men i mean there's risks all over the place as he should yeah, but he's real gentle with the old people. He's what? a little older up there. What do you mean, as he should? What do you <laughs> bark at men. We Sean, deserve, we so deserve to be barked at. Sean is cowering. Um, John, I, I was wondering, this, this um, uh, what, what, I guess, what do you call it? Long-term care facility or old, old what is it? An it's old nursing place? home. I nursing know they, home. they got some euphemism for it, but it's a nursing what home. What else is around there? I mean, They're making Soylent Green. Why? Is there, is there anything next door? Is that like the first building he saw? He had other op. There was an apartment complex down the road. You go a little farther, there was a gas station. So, you know, there's not a ton out there, but it's weird that he kept going there. Maybe he tried other doors and this was the only automatic one. No one knows. But, you know, that's kind of supposedly the charm of it, the little bit of mystery. Why did he choose that? You know, I kind of left it ambiguous. Yeah. How'd you find out about it? You said you it, came across it. What does that mean exactly? So, it's hard to find stories up there. And,. 
you know, you scour. Not for you. Well, it's harder than it looks. So we find we look in very obscure places. I just saw somewhere an ad for a fundraiser for this shelter. They were the nursing home was holding. It was just some ad somewhere, and it said, "In honor of Scout, or on behalf of Scout, this dog who escaped the shelter and came here, and we adopted him." I thought that sounds very strange. I should explore it, and that's how I found it. You know, and Mike and I were talking about earlier. The best stories are often just a footnote or an asterisk and something else, you know? And so it was like that. We just went up there. I, even when we were going up, I was talking to Ryan Garza, the photographer. I'm like, this is a stupid idea. Why are we going up here? We're we going to interview a dog, you know? But it turned out, you know, you never know which ones are going to take off. But uh, you write about dogs and people go bonkers. Uh, we used to have this problem when I was at this small paper in New Hampshire. You put a dead person on the front page of the paper, nobody cares. Then one time you put a dead moose on the front page of the paper. The phones are ringing off the hook because people really connect to animals. They, they, I think they feel like animals uh, have never done anything wrong. They're right? innocent. So when something exactly, so yeah. when something bad happens to them, the the poignancy is kind of built in. But before this dog uh, made its way over to the nursing home. Any idea where it was before it got to the shelter? Was he picked up off the street? Did somebody drop him off? Was he just... They said they just found him wandering, and out there it's kind of countryside, so yeah. somebody must have called in and said, here's a dog, and they brought him in, and I think within a day he bailed. He had enough. He was, he was born to run. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I, I make a good song. Why yeah, somebody while you're looking for nuggets out there. No. What's, a, what's the response been like? I mean, Mike was relaying it to his experience but what about your experience what was it that? took off it went crazy you know I, as i you combine dog with up north and up north stories always seem popular so it took off way more than i wanted i don't know about you guys but it's often the ones you put the hardest work in don't ever do as good as you want but then something goofy like a dog i'm not downplaying it. it's a good story but i've worked harder on other things that did a fraction of this but it took off and then it got linked elsewhere and then other people thought it was so good they wrote their own version which was fantastic oh, to see. Yeah. Nice. And they, and they mentioned you <laughs> really in a fantastic? footnote this time. Yeah, yeah, like, I became you know, the footnote. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> Full circle. Cycle of life, brother. Yeah. But you do a in lot action. of interesting stories from the UP, and the, the way a lot of us became aware of you was your work for the Metro Times, where you're telling these really kind of, and I don't want to say offbeat because I think it diminishes them, but these, these stories out of Detroit that, that, you wouldn't get anywhere else, you know, and, and, and you developed a reputation. You became kind of a, a legendary guy and then came to the free press and continued doing the great work. And you still do a lot of great work around here. I mean, I love, I loved your story on the house bars and Wyandotte. I still need to go to one of those. I hope they're still open. Are they still open? I think there are some. I kind of did that. Mark, okay. Mark Curlianchuk took the lead on that. I kind of did more of the supportive drinking on that one and reviews. Well, we all have a role to play. Yeah. That's it's the one been, I would have picked. Uh, you know, it's harder in Detroit. I love doing Detroit. The lot, I, I think I hit a lot of the low-hanging fruit. It's harder to find stuff, you know. I had a good one last year. I found a house where people go and they take psychedelics and like, oh, massive yeah, I that. The mushroom house. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the story. opposite of a wholesome dog story. I got funny feedback. Yeah. A lot of the, our older readers did not care for that story. That's a great story. What was I the name it. of the guy? <laughs> that was a great story. Sincere Genesis. Yeah. He has like five <laughs> names. They're all made up. Seven and all this and... He was a talker, man. You just turn on the tape, and he'd talk for an hour, and just the universe and psychedelics and philosophy and religion. 
especially when the uh, the drugs started kicking in. Because yeah. I'd go there, and he'd dose up before the interview. Yeah. So as the interview would go on, the sentences would oh get a little longer, yeah. a little dreamier. <laughs> anyway, that's that's that the happens kind of on this podcast. Actually, Sean may be dropping right now. Oh yeah, it's his fault. Um, John, so you live down here in this area. But I you, do. Thank you, Mark. I know, but you write so much about the UP. I mean. That seems, uh, I, I guess that just reading it, I assumed you lived up north. I know a lot of people think that. You know, I just like writing about obscure things, and that was always an area that was undercovered. Not many people go up there. Um, that's where you find a lot more obscure stories, just like Detroit neighborhoods. And uh, it's just easier to find them up there now. You can throw a rock and find a story, whereas in Detroit i got to work a little harder. Plus, it's a free trip up north, you know, so I go up north. <laughs> do you do it for the mileage. Get the That's mileage. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the mileage. Sometimes we just go in circles to rack, you know, rack oh, yeah. it up. You had a really good story about, uh, and maybe it's just because of what I do near and dear to my heart, about the radio station, the high school radio station that got their frequency bought out by a bigger Christian radio group, which really doesn't seem terribly Christian. Um, it's a really good story, but I wondered, has there been a follow-up to that? Are, is, have they raised the money to get a new frequency? Oh, they've raised like ten. They've raised, I think, thirty grand. They needed like two, or something. And you don't buy them; they assign them to you. What That's they need? True, they yeah. needed a new transmitter because they had a, a low power one. So they got the money. Ten watts, for it. right? Yeah, ten <laughs> this watts. is really weak. But yeah, I know the editors wrote me. They're like, "Are you sure? Did you mean ten kilowatts?" I said, no, no, ten watts. Yeah, it's ten watts. You can't once you get a, around the hills around town, you can't hear the station. Um, but yeah, the, they had a great outcome. I um, just I, I like that story because it really showed how you know. A lot of people love saying radio's dead. And yeah, in major markets, radio's dead, right? Because everybody's got internet access. You can stream Spotify or listen to podcasts. But up there, internet's a little spotty. And the communities are so tied in to you know, events that are going on and local things that radio still plays a huge role in those small markets. And this is just a little high school radio station. So they're talking about their lives and stuff. I don't know. I, it's just kind of sad to read that and them know, going, oh, boy, we lost our frequency. Someone took it over. That station's great. You know, it's kids talking about random things and about things they see in class. And But even though it's a high school station, the, like, for example, the grocery store pipes it in. That's their music. The kids talking. And, really? Yeah. That's yeah, great. That funny? The, the that's town, awesome. The town grocery uh, store, yeah. That was, that's a great, you know, David and Goliath and all that. But, you know, people say radio is dead till you get north of that bridge and your Spotify playlist stops exactly. working, which happens oh, yeah. all the time. And so I love listening to the radio up there. It's yeah. it's like their classic rock stations play completely different songs than ours do. Oh, like things you haven't heard in very years. Very deep cuts, yeah. Yeah, They're I mean, a lot I've more made, freedom. They're not as corporate. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they have weird things up there. They have like live auctions on the air. People call up. It's like a garage sale on the air. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, I'm selling a used <laughs> table, $10, call this, and they'll give out their number on yeah. the air, you know. They you did that in New Hampshire, here. too. Swap shop, swap you know. Yeah, and something like go that. go for an hour, and you, you had no interest in buying any of this stuff, but... Some of the things people were selling were so weird, and the host was, uh, he was a guy who I think was missing some teeth, so he kind of whistled when he talked, so he was not your classic radio guy, but the whole dynamic, you really felt like you were getting a feel for the place, and I was just driving back from Muskegon and went through Ionia and their local radio station, exactly what you were saying. I'm listening to classic rock, I'm like, I have not heard this forever. They, they played Hot Rod Lincoln. Oh, like, wow. you never hear Commander that Cody? on CSX. Yeah, I mean it's great stuff, man. Yeah, not to pick on a local station, but they do play. You'll hear the same 
number one hits oh, yeah. from yeah. the 70s over and over and over where these guys will play deep album cuts and b-sides and you might even really hear triumph songs. right you might you, you're <laughs> almost guaranteed to i'm trying to get mike to sing you should be you should be has anybody seen the triumph documentary by the way no no it's awesome. Just you. I watched it twice. It's Mike likes good. loves Triumph, and he likes to sing. Very good. I don't like to sing, at least not when there are people. No, you like, like to sing Triumph. I do like Triumph. I. Uh, well, let's hear a few lines. Uh, well, no, you have let's to, not. I don't want to make you miss your lunch. No, he, do, he does it well. But So the dog story's taken <laughs> off. I mean, a lot of stories from the UP, people really love, and they really get into them. And they're great, they're great tales. One of the things that we've been speculating on is uh, where does this go? I mean, is this the next great Disney movie? What do you think happens? Anybody, do people ever call you and say, hey, uh, can you write a magazine article for us? Or have you thought about redoing this for us? Or, you know, you name it, like CBS Sunday Morning or something. No. Has Jane Pauley got you on speed dial? No, you know what happens is I'm Other watching... Other than that uncomfortable romantic entanglement you had I don't want to talk about that right now. I'm not ready for that, okay? I'm still dealing... But I find out about CBS Morning News when I'm watching CBS Morning News. Mm. I'm like, that guy looks familiar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the guy I interviewed two weeks ago. So they don't even call. And I don't get offers. Uh, you know, <laughs> this business, sometimes I, I just can't take it, that people will just copy you without acknowledging it. At least this time, the few people who did copy it acknowledged that we did it first. It'll link to the Detroit Free Press. Um, and it doesn't even have to be to me. I, just, I don't care about my name or anything, but at least acknowledge you took it from someone. But, right. yeah, I get no offers for nothing, no money. Okay. That's the uh, equivalent of the old radio rip and read where people are reading your story on the radio and they never mention, oh, and as, as reported. Or TV. Right. They still do it in local TV, you know. Oh, yeah. Some no. of the Detroit stuff I've done, they'll go out the next day and they'll do it. And there's not a mention that the free press did it. You know, we're the ones who did 99% yeah. of the legwork and got this guy warmed up talking, but nope. And, and they get warned about that occasionally where if something's wrong in there and they don't attribute it to the original source, they're now liable. So for their own sake, these reporters should be saying, as the free press first report, then get right in. Nobody really hears that. Nobody's going to be less interested in the TV story if they know where it came from in the first place. It's just kind of... It covers them. It's just kind of, it, well, for legal reasons, they should right. do it. But just for human decency, they should think about it. It's oh. kind of a... A little That's graceful a lot to moment taking it. I, I guess so. I jo guess so. John, did you? Was it surprising to you how the story took off? Really? Well, a little bit. I knew it would take off. I didn't know it would go this crazy. It, it's gotten so far like ten times the amount of readership a normal story gets, and it's all over the country. I'm getting letters from Texas. A normal story of yours, or does it of like mine, say of a, mine? Because everyone like knows a Mike Elric. Well, story. no one's going to hit that. Yeah, those I mean, heights. come on, let's let's but, not be ridiculous. We want to be gracious to our guests, but we can only. He's no MLL aspire. Exactly. Third person. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> come on. What the hell? But, you know, we all know what our usual is, and it just took off. It's all over the country, and everyone's saying how they are crying. I'm not sure why it touched people like that. It was you, just kind of a... You tapped into the the Tony Soprano's fine killing his best friend, but he's going to cry when the ducks leave. That's that's exactly. that's what you tapped exactly. into. Yep. Well, we're all getting older. We all get lonely. We've all had pets. We all know how much a pet means to us, and I think it's one of those... Things where when you see that these these codgers are kind of coming to life because this dog and this, the way you wrote about you know he's going into rooms and he's checking on people who don't feel well he, this dog seems to be in tune yeah it's it's very it's very empathetic and uh, I think we can connect to that I know that one of the things that that I worry about when I get locked away for raving or doing whatever throwing my diaper at people is that I won't have pets I've had. 
pets my whole life. You know, they they mean more to me than than some of the people in my life because you can always count on them. You know, they're always there, and it seems sad to lose that along with your friends and your family and you know your motor skills and your you know your wits. Uh, uh, Marco, are you rolling your, your eyes? Your, tra- Mark? your train of thought. No, I, just, I, was, I was really interested to see where he was going. <laughs> oh, you you did. Yeah, you I sounded really got very morbid there. You sounded really. Interesting. Well, I got. I, well, I have a morbid question. Continence. How, how long has Scout been at this home? He's been there five years. So this is not. Oh wow! Breaking news. Yeah, it's just no one knew about it. So I I went really? in there and wrote about it. Yeah. So he's a he's a permanent. Resident. So I assume he's experienced death up there. Well, yeah. In fact, one of the guys in a I. Talk. I put a few older gentlemen in the story, and uh, one of them died three weeks after we oh, wow. went there, before the story even came out. I just found that one of the readers told me. I, I only ask because I remember seeing a story like about a cat, right? And the cat kind of knew when a resident was about to pass, which is kind of very ominous that this cat would come into the house. Well, or... cats will eat you if they find you dead in the house. Thank you for that <laughs> piece of information. Just, he was just planning ahead. But, but that's I, what they said oh, there, just, that he knows. That's what I was wondering. This, he lays down with the people who are dying. And, and that's what you wrote, though, right? Yeah. Well, I put it in there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The people responded. <laughs> I kind of shoehorned a second story in there because you can't talk to the dog, and we ran out of stuff to say. And so we were there, <laughs> and uh, there was this old guy wandering around. I didn't know if he had dementia or what. He kept going, I'm supposed to have pizza. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And me and the photographer were looking at each other like, what is he talking about? I couldn't even understand him. Brian understood him. And I finally asked him, and like, they told me this elaborate story how this friend of his eight months ago promised to come on this date for a pizza party and just forgot. She just said it. She was just talking. She probably didn't know if he'd be around. But he remembered it every day. He's been looking forward to this party. And so he was forlorn and wandering around. So one of the nurses said, we're going to have a pizza party, and I'll throw one for you. And uh, it was just a very nice little gesture you know, a story within a story, and we yeah. really didn't have much to go on, so I threw it in there. I kind of welded it in there, not terribly elegantly, but a lot of the people wrote and said that's what got them, like the old guy wandering and getting his pizza party. It's funny, you know, the things people will, for whatever reason, be uplifted by. But but, but the nursing home is a character in a way, right, it, itself, not, not just the people that are there. So when you do that, you kind of give us a better sense of, of that place. And you were talking earlier, John, about, uh, it, and forgive me if this was recorded. My memory's terrible, as Mike would tell you. I don't know if you were moving to that saying, Yeah, some dog was. Let's move he, into he that found yeah, a yeah, dog yeah. sleeping on I his couch. John, will you take him up there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if you actually said this when we started recording before, but this idea of sometimes stories like this are tricky for you because you don't want them to be really saccharine and overly sentimental. They're all like and, that. And you so know? forth. But, but can I just say this, though? And this is more of a, a comment than a question. Hmm. I think that's that's one of my favorite things about the way you write. You in this this particular story in a lot of folks' hands, and uh, I don't want to say some at the free press, but that would be something Mike would say. But uh, I, I love it when Sean says something I, shitty. I, I says, Somebody else would have said that. I, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's, move, Sean. It's like when Sean that's calls the eight hundred number and says, "My friend's having a problem with erectile dysfunction. His name is <laughs> is Braun. Um, can you help him?" But go ahead there, uh, shitbag. No. Good move. Emotor. Well uh, transference I, I'm bastard. I'm sorry I did that just for him. But, uh, yeah, no, there was, there was no... Oh, did that just for him. How kind. Yeah, so no. now it comes back on me again. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Finish Oh, but that's one of your gifts, man. You don't... You, you took something that could have been... a pizza party for Sean. You know, way too much. And it would have been... Right? 
Oh, I, I appreciate so sugary, that, and you and you didn't do that. You said I got to have something dark in there. Well, no, the whole the, the premise of the story, to some degree, is death. Dark, yeah, it's death. Very dark. You're talking about death. That's it's what you're talking a, about. So you didn't need of, to yeah. darken that up at all. What you did was was perfect, and uh, and that's often the case. And I was talking to uh, another colleague of ours the other day about because we we're talking about this story and just your stories in general. And to me, it, it harkens back. ML? No, because no, it, was, it was actually was, about writing. But he was talking to somebody who wouldn't have done it as well as as uh, John, <laughs> trying to coach him up. That's what Sean does. But it reminds me a little. Sean bit is of, the scout to the free press of, newsroom. Uh, of what I like is just we don't need to bog this down into structure and sentence structure and all that. But just the tone it reminds me a little bit of uh, like Joseph Mitchell up in the old hotel or John McPhee. Some of these guys and gals that used to it, this the way you tell stories. And you kind of remove yourself to a degree, and you just let it unfold and flow. And I think I think that's why people uh, are so drawn to them. And we're drawn to this one. It's it's the dog, yes, but it's the way you lay it out there. You just kind of let it. It's like a river. It just kind of goes, and you want to get on and raft down it. I like your stories because they're about real people, and as opposed to somebody that always has an agenda, like a politician or a businessman, yeah, or, I won't put or a shitty sports columnist. Well, I mean that's that's a little different. But the I agenda is, is it too much to assume that you appreciate that too? Like these are genuine, real people, people that you know. Well, I seek them out. I try to write about people that you know. I always say about no one else writes about just obscure people, forgotten ones. And yeah. back, and I hate happy endings. I just hate fakeness. Yeah. I'll tell you, I got a story for you from my early days. You'll appreciate this. So, so a long ago editor, multiple editors ago, and they that's said, a free press. Yeah, was they, it Mike? No, it wasn't Mike. He wasn't a, never no. been an editor. He's always, always wanted. He's always wanted to be the editor. I, I've so always made curious. an honest living. Anyway, so they sent me out on some assignment. This editor said, "There's a woman whose husband committed suicide. He was a veteran. Go see her. She's on a farm." And I didn't know anything, so I went out there, and uh, he hung him. He she found him. He'd come back from Afghanistan. And she went out to the barn one morning. He'd hung himself in the barn. She's the one who found him. So this is a few months later, and she had lost it. Like, she had these two big dogs. They're, they, there was dog shit all over the house. She wasn't even cleaning it up. She was a little crazy to talk to. Yeah, she'd given up. Yeah. I mean, this destroyed her, you know. This guy had PTSD. It was about PTSD, basically, and he couldn't take it. So I come back and write the story, and that's how I ended it. Well, this editor said, no, no, we need a happy ending. I'm like, well, there is no happy ending. She's crazy. She yeah. lost her mind. The story is, this is how bad PTSD is. We should treat it so this doesn't happen to other people. No. I want you to write a happy ending. Well, you tell me what is it, you know? Yeah. And so I wrote something probably full of code and caveats, but um, I was new. I didn't have, like nowadays, I'd say that I'm throwing the story away then. Yeah. But um, that's what I hate. Fake happy endings, fake saccharine, hallmarky stuff, because sometimes life's not like that. And that was not the case, you know? And it, it, it basically ended with her being nuts. But that's the truth. I'd well, rather tell and, the truth than lie to make, you know. Right, and, and that's that's what's going to move people to act. It's not going to be like, oh, her husband died and her, her dog shit all over the house. But everything's okay, so I guess we don't have to that's do That's what it was. That's how he wanted. It was this right. tack on this ending that makes oh. no sense whatsoever. I had an editor one time. I filled in on a Sunday, and a little kid drowned at, uh, at some beach somewhere around here. And they wanted me to add a line in there that said, and that's why you have to be careful to watch your kids during the holidays. I said, I think the story says that. I think that's as plain as it could possibly be. Child wanders away. Somebody else is supposed to watch them. They take their eyes off them. They drowned. Anybody who needs me to now add lines says, this is why you should keep an eye on your children at all times around bodies of water. I'm like, 
I don't think we need to beat somebody to death, not to mention kind of rub it in to somebody. And, and there was a, a, an editor when I was an intern at the Free Press. I, I tended to, and I'm sure Sean will mention this, overwrite stuff. And I wrote something about this, and I, I was the, in a wait, rush. Wait, the editor overwrote you or you overwrite? overspoke to it no i i i wrote i i would tend to try and explain things you know that should have just stood on their own and i was in a rush and i wrote something very simply and my editor said more of that because he said it's okay for you to jerk the tears but don't let me feel your fingers in my eyeball i'm like okay i think i get that that some things speak for themselves and I think that dog story, I think one reason why it's resonated is because it speaks to a lot of things. It speaks to loneliness. It speaks to end of life. It speaks to that kind of the, uh, this dog is almost like a spiritual character. You know, it's almost like an angel coming there. And, and so now I'm going to take it in a dark place. Sometimes when you get these old folks in these places, they become very possessive. Did you run into any stories where like, Scout's always in so-and-so's room and, and Mildred doesn't let Scout come into my room and I want to knit with Scout on my lap, but Gertrude's always hogging Scout. They're, Not know. too bad. You know, a few of them, they figured it out. So they got a giant industrial-sized bag of dog treats. So the dog, gonna be the mm, fattest dog, dog in the world, right? Well, yeah, he barely ate dinner. They're feeding him all these biscuits, but <laughs> nothing too crazy. They're really at that place at, in that household we were in way at the end stages like i said one of the guys okay. we talked to died three weeks later so they're very right after his docile, pizza party well it wasn't the, the guy who had it but it was okay. his friend at the party i mean it was a guy we we uh spent some time with it's always weird when someone goes that quick um i mean i it, you can expect it there but um no they were all pretty they're they're pretty normal they were all pretty calm okay. is there anyone there that doesn't like the dog uh, Thank they you, Mark. Said, no, they said somebody. They said one what? person did. I didn't meet him. I think it was someone who visits, and the dog hates them back. They, they <laughs> the dog barks every time they walk good. in the door. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow, what dogs do have a, a real good sense. There's a great. Uh, there's a great Twilight Zone episode with uh, James Best, who Boy, people know as Roscoe P. Coltrane, where he goes to heaven, and he's trying to get into heaven. And St. Peter says, you can come in, but the dog can't. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I, I going to do without my dog? So he's like, well, let me wander around. They walk around, they walk around, they come to another gate. And he says, is this heaven? He says, yeah, welcome, brother. And he says, can I bring my dog? And he's like, absolutely. Wouldn't be heaven without a dog. And he's like, well, the other guy said, I couldn't bring my dog. And he said, because that's hell. And the dog can smell the brimstone, so they don't want to let the dog in because they'll warn you that you're going to hell. So dogs, you know, dogs are kind of Never special. saw that one. Yeah. Oh, it's a great one. It's a really good one. Real simple one. Um, getting a lot of comments here on YouTube. Francis J. Fox, big fan of John since his Metro Times Day. Love you guys in the program, especially cramming when Sean's voice cracks. And then he says, ML is the man Spartion. So I don't know if you saw that, Sean, but we can comment on these YouTube. Uh, yeah, my voice is a little gravelly today. Sorry. No, you, you you bring Lovely. you bring great uh, you bring great uh, nothing texture. Great. Nothing great. You know, sort of like uh, sort of like uh, sandpaper on an open wound. Just a lot of grit. You make an impression. So, so do we? Do we? St- I have a question <laughs> for you, John. Thank you. Do we still have focus groups at the Free Press? Because I used to do uh, uh, some stories up north and around state, and partly it was driven by the focus groups. They would come and say we need to spend more time up north than in the UP. This is 20 plus years ago, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I try my best to avoid those at all costs. You know, 
I just try. I like just going by instinct. I seem I seem to have a good pattern. Find people that you wouldn't think you'd write about. I I, re- I like when people scratch their heads when I say I'm going to write about this. Like I'll tell my editor, and he's like, "Well, what's the story?" I don't know. Yeah, we'll you listen see. to those focus groups. Next thing you know, you're writing every dog story. That or you write about uh, that's, uh, that's why I try to avoid them. Yeah, um, then you write about Rick Pelagun Kraus, a guy who could spit a cherry pit for a hundred <laughs> yards or whatever. I don't know. Set a world record. Is that one of your stories? I did. I actually did do that. Well, John's got to. Uh, John's got to get up north, so we're going <laughs> to have to let him go. You know what a segue. Way back the master. when, way back when, we used to have a, a up north correspondent who lived in Traverse City. Uh, have they ever suggested that you move? Have you ever thought about moving up there? No. In fact, in this, you know, they're so tight with the budget. I'm half the time I'm worried they're not going to let me drive up there. Well, so. that's what I was going to ask next. Is do you do you try and knock a couple stories off? Where you're like, oh, yeah. if I go up, I can cover these three stories, bring it back, and then I'll write them. Oh, we work like mules. We're up there. Okay. Every, we do about a story a day, sometimes more. So if we go on a three-day trip, we'll work 16-hour days, get three stories, come back, and you sleep for two days, and we're just constantly working. Can you do a story on all the uh, dispensaries up there? That's what blew my mind. Yeah, I know. Me I, I too. Was, They're just like, growing like weeds up there, so yeah. to speak. Pun intended? Yeah. No, <laughs> I hate puns too. I'm, I regret that. I was just shocked. I'm like, per capita, this must be the yeah, most Mark, Mark will clean it up and post Where it. Where is it that you have to get to that you can't stay with uh, None of your Mr. business. He, he's got he's to go a volunteer at his kid's school. He's um, got to see somebody about a dog. Yeah, a man about a dog. That's what they do up north. John, thanks for coming on. Gentlemen, it was fun. And if you love John's work, please subscribe to the Free Press. we got to cover that mileage. Maybe he can go up there and maybe sleep three days and work two days. And actually stay in a hotel. Yeah, you know, or actually upgrade the hotel from the kind with the pee in the bed. That's a whole other story, though. (laughs) Was that that extra? I I could fill an hour with the stories about the stuff in the bed. Well, we're going to have to have you come back. You're going to have to tell some of your travel horror stories. I'll just throw in random comments. I'm right up the road. Have me any time. Okay. Well, the door's unlocked, so yeah. that's how Sean got in. So come on back. So I John was... Carlisle, Detroit Free Press, check out his work. Great story. You'll find a link to his story on our website. That's mlsolvedetroit.com. And, uh, and check us out, man. If you, if you uh, have never seen John in person, check out the replay on Facebook or on YouTube. And if you subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Hit the bell for alerts. You'll always know when we go live, and it helps our show. We're trying to catch up to the Drew and Mike podcast. I think we're at uh, 490 subscribers. They're up to what? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, and then they have the secret $1.4 million That's YouTube right, page. Yeah. So it's we got, we got a long way to go. So please, please help us get there. Don, right. good to see you on Facebook watching us. And, John, we'll see you in the paper, man. John is so yeah. smart. He's not going to have to listen to Geek of the Week at Room 7609. I'm very envious. <laughs> Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Every once in a while, something happens on TV that's not supposed to happen. It's unscripted, which is also the name of a great book I'm reading, if you've never heard like about this show. the, the Summer Reb, Sumner Redstone book. It's like oh, yeah. it's like the real succession. I mean, it's, it's an incredible... Oh, he's a nut. I'm 100 Buzz. pages into it. It's 344 pages. I'm 100 pages into it, and so far it's all about the two women yeah. who have been trying to take over his empire, and he's like, I want them to have $50 million. I want them to have $50 million, and they keep bringing women to have sex with them. They should have gotten him a dog. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. A scout would have saved him millions, if not, if not billions. But there are these moments that happen on TV that really say everything that needs to be said without meaning to say it. And that happened on Saturday 
and I think it was Peacock where they had the big turd. Did you see that? No. Guys? What happened? So they they had the anchors. It was Mike Tarico and whoever the uh, the play, the color guy is standing in front of the big Saturday sign. Uh-huh. And the way they were framed, they covered up the S A from the Saturday and the A Y from oh, Saturday. So it just said big, big turd. turd. Oh, that's beautiful. And it went viral. But that exactly captured my feeling about what's going on with television and uh, college football. So. For having a moment, you know, and these these productions are very carefully scripted. They're very plotted out. People are blocked out, stand on this X, stand there, and they frame everything so they make sure they don't have something like that. So if you're doing a stand-up in front of a building, you don't have a telephone pole coming out of your head so you look like my favorite Martian or something. So Peacock, for finally, in an unscripted moment, telling us what's really happening with college football. Thank you for the big turd, and congratulations. You're also our Geek of the Week. Wait, wait, wait! What? I think Sean. Just, I think Sean wants to respond. Let that go unchecked. No. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep this. I would quick. like to point out too. Finally, that's what's wrong with college football, Mark. <laughs> Where was Mike Friday night? Where was he? I, I assume was he's in, in East Lansing. Was he at a college football game? Of course yes. Okay, then enough said. All right, let's move um, on. By the way, the... Wait, 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 wait. What, what does that mean? Uh, TV is wrecking college football. I was there in person. I, I see, wasn't I, watching I, it. I disagree because I watched so many games this weekend. I thought it was awesome. There you go. Right? There no, go. it was great. In fact, the best game I saw this weekend... Wyoming, Texas Tech. Oh, double overtime. Did anybody did, see that what game? What about the TCU, oh, uh, the TCU Colorado game? <laughs> also a great game, but I expected so TCU every single game's and, on TV. and uh, Colorado to be an interesting game. But I never thought I'd stay up late watching Wyoming play Texas Tech. See, are you glad? Are no. You gl- what? Hey, Why not? It, it, listen, college football is one of my favorite sports. It's great. This consolidation everything, going to ruin it. It's a big turd. Eh. But... By the way, I'd like to point out that... I love the way Mark goes. Eh. Well, it's not going to. That's, that's how he dismisses people. Eh. Well, people have been talking about it. it's going to ruin college football now for, for years, how money's going to ruin it for years and years and years. Mark either says, eh, or... By the way, the really? number one streaming uh, really streaming college football game eh. Peacock's ever had. just want to throw that out. Yeah. What, it's Michigan only, and only one Carolina? they've ever had, too, right? No, they had Notre Dame on all, what, the last two years or last oh, year? did they? Yeah, uh-huh. That's great. Um, I think when they lost to Marshall, I think that game was only on Peacock, and people were scrambling. By the way, how about so here's here's what's wrong with college TV. I wanted to watch it at a bar I was at in East Lansing. They said Peacock's the only station we don't get. Well, they're going to need it because uh, Spartans appear on there later this year. Great. So I have to pay more to watch college football so college football can play everybody more. I mean, Can somebody correct me on this? I thought if you had Xfinity Internet and Cable that you got it for, for what, another dollar? Uh, or two dollars. Maybe you do. I haven't explored yeah, see, it just because I don't need to watch that much TV. But I mean, oh, you will when you're. Yeah, no, no. Are. Don't pay for it. I mean, yeah, watch it for free. I've don't never pay paid the players. For it. Yeah. So here's the first why time. Why would you want to pay for it? I and mean, the yeah. only time you'll just ever hear me say no. this: Do not go to the Cadu Cafe tonight, <laughs> Tuesday, September fifth, because they're closed. But they'll be open again on Wednesday with karaoke. On Friday, Powderfinger, a Neil Young tribute, is playing. Uh, oh, and we also have ceremonies for the Men's Feather Bowling League with an appearance by Belgian American Association of the Detroit Concert Band. So check out the Feather Bowling League and check out all the fun stuff happening on... F- on. Oh, sorry, that's Thursday. That's Thursday. Uh, 
Big Al's Jamboree is going to be there on Saturday. Dave Edwards' tribute to Delbert McClinton on Sunday. And on Monday, it's going to be Dan Radden, Lee Cleveland, and the Left Hand Band and the Dormant Police. So check out the Kadju Cafe. It's Muscle Madness on Monday. Find out more about what's going on at kadjucafe.com. And we wrap up our summer of Britpop with Suede performing a little ditty that they call Europe is our playground.
So don't let them catch you calling them the penultimate Britpop band, but Suede, also known over here as the London Suede, are considered the ultimate Britpop band, more so than Blur, more so than Oasis, more so than a lot of bands that really hit their stride in the late 90s while we were getting angsty with grunge. They were getting kind of introspective and and exploring their Britishness over there. No flannel for them. Thank you. Um, I thought that grunge was earlier in the 90s. No? Am I mistaken? Um, 91-ish, right? 90, yeah. 91. When did, when sure. did Nirvana? Nevermind was 91, I believe. Uh, Smells like Teen Spirit was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Soundgarden was around that time, too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, you know what? Soundgarden would have been a little earlier on Sub Pop, like 89. Actually, yeah, Nirvana yeah, was a Sub little Pop earlier on Sub Pop. Late 80s. So, yeah, know. but it really blew, blew up. up in the early 90s. 91, I would yeah. say, yeah. yeah. So so we are ending our, our Britpop summer Ooh. with Suede, and that is Europe is our playground. Suede is an interesting band because they have a lot of moods. Sometimes... Sometimes they're kind of upbeat. Sometimes they're kind of ironic. Um, they're kind of like Friends, where every episode is the one about whatever. They have three different songs about the ones. There's the Beautiful Ones, which I believe we've played in Room 7609 before. Probably one of my favorite suede tunes. They also have the Wild Ones, which is uh, ironically not very wild. And My Insatiable One which is what they call Sean when it comes to bringing energy to a pot. He's just insatiable. Well, well it would. Gotta puts a smile on my face. The magic. Does it? Yes, you do. The idea that they would say they were in a playground anywhere is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, okay. if they were, well, their music might be a little more full of life or something. Well, they are. Uh, playground's all how the individual defines it. This song's a little so, more subjective, I guess so. Languid. But it's also yeah, it's kind a, of... I would say more flaccid, but yeah, language's fine, I was going to say Sean-like in terms of its energy <laughs> level. Um, but it's also luscious. It's, it tells a story. Yeah, it's, it was it's, luscious. It's it was very, beautiful. It's very rich and textured. They're less energetic than Blur, and I'd say less poppy than Oasis. I am not a huge Oasis guy, but uh, 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 Mark, I think you like Oasis, right? Love them, yeah. One of my favorites. You don't. is a big fan. Oasis, um, love Oasis. You hate Oasis. You like Michigan and that's it. <laughs> You're knocking out. No. Uh-uh. Michigan is an Oasis. It's an Playground. Oasis. Uh -huh. is it, it, no, yeah. Of yeah. iniquity. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> okay, sorry. But, but I mean, how would you compare these guys to Oasis? Well, we probably wouldn't want to, really. We'd probably want to I feel like the they're, they're a little more shoegazy than Oasis, I would say. Don't you think? Or yeah, no. You could I just say boring. I think I mean, <laughs> these guys do have some guitar, you know, driven tunes, but it's not. It's not quite like I think. Oasis is very more pop. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, our, our and, and more pop, it, more exuberant like songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's got it's got a lot of it's got a lot of energy, a lot of toe tapping to it. Um, but uh, but Suede is still around. They started off with a, a young Irish guitar player, was kind of a Johnny Marr protege. And then he was gone after the first couple albums, and they put it together. And uh, we also talked about when we played Elastica that uh, I think uh, I'm going to mess up her name now. But the the from uh, Elastica, yeah, no. um, Fleischman is it? The uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the lead singer of Suede's girlfriend, and then they broke up, and she started dating Damon Albarn from Blur. And then Did she was she like still muscles? in Suede. Well, probably not, because these are skinny little English No, I was just guys. thinking because you mentioned the Kaju Cafe, and they have delicious muscles. All you can eat. All you can eat. 
And That's Sean's uh, way of just wanting to wrap this up. I know. We're going to just power through. Uh, and then, then they kind of had a, a bit of a makeover, and they're still going. So if you like Suede, lots of great music out there, and they will close. We'll our, take your word for it. What's your theme for next month? Well, we are trying to get people to send us their new wave theme songs from movies. We've had a couple nominations, including one that Sean might... In fact, they almost played Suede's song, Trash, because I thought I could just say, this is what Sean thinks of are you a, Are you a Duran Duran guy? I thought that was too easy. <laughs> I, I do like the, uh, the boys from Birmingham. Loves them, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. So please send us your new wave song that was used as a theme in a movie. No, I've just seen the lead guy. Is it Simon LeBon? Is that yeah. it? Seeing him a lot of places recently on social media. I'm not sure why. Well, Andy Ta- is it Andy Taylor, right? Um, gave a big interview about his cancer and yeah. Oh, is he the guitar Simon player? Simon helped him out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm, he's been sick for a long time. I think he missed the Rock and Roll Hall, Rock and Roll Fame. Really? Yeah. Well, they've I'll also that article had you. kind of a rift. He didn't come back with them when they, and I think sure. he had some. Yep. I think he had some lifestyle issues where they thought, you know what, Andy's just going to do his own thing. But what what movies did you say earlier with the song? The <laughs> I thought you wanted to move it along. <laughs> no, I was just curious because it made me think of that with the the Duran Duran, the the View to a Kill. I, oh, great song! I, I, that's actually my favorite Duran Duran song. I feel like. Do you, you ever watch the Tiger TV broadcast when they had George Cal and Al Kaline? They'd have the trivia question. Mm-hmm. And Al K- K- uh, George Cal would ask the question, then Al would say something like, uh, he's uh, currently playing shortstop for the Tigers. And then Al go, Al, or George would go, Al, you gave it away. He'd always give away those, uh, those trivia Are you questions. you saying Sean gave away one? I'm saying, Sean, you gave it away. Man, I miss George Cal and Al Kaline. They were so great. All those George Cal I miss Cal Riz and ones, <laughs> yeah. So no one ever. Yeah. Who was which was which? That was the problem. I, you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. 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 They, they had the same initials. They had the same voice. They had, it was like uh, when you had Dennis, Dennis Fithian and that other guy on, on uh, 97. I enjoyed uh, the only thing I remember Harwell's partner, um, Paul, Paul uh, Carey. Paul Carey. Oh, yeah. The baritone. I, I went to interview him one time in his house, and he was just the most gentleman, gentlemanly. So Kinds. Ernie. No, Ernie was great too, but Paul. There's no human <laughs> better than Ernie Harwell. No, but Paul was just a great dude. Yeah, great baritone. And when Ernie got got smoked, Paul Carey said, "I'm gone. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stick around." Smart for this. move. That was. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember Riz and Rathburn? The whole, well, I don't remember who was who, but do you remember the home run call? Uh, goodbye <laughs> baseball. Was it goodbye, Mr. Spalding? Goodbye baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those, those I mean, they guys. didn't stand a chance. No, they did. No. They did. That was Tom Monahan, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was Bo. Yeah. It was Bo. It was Bo. In fact, I wrote the obituary for the general manager at WJR at the time. And in my lead, I said he fired Ernie Harwell. And I knew it was going to be upsetting to the family. So I, I kind of gave them a heads up. They were so upset. They said, that should not be. And I said, that's the only reason I'm writing about this guy. And they called the publisher, and the publisher, Heath Merriweather, came down and was like, oh, you know, can we do anything? You know, the family's pretty upset. And I, I said, I can't take it out. I just got there. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? The publisher's down here telling me he wants to change an obit. Am I going to quit over an obit? An obit, yeah. And, um, and they moved it down a couple paragraphs, and he came by the next day, and he said, how do you feel about everything? I said, okay. He said, oh, so you're, you're one of those guys who can get over stuff like that? And I said, that's what I want you to think. He's like, okay. 
Back to view to a kill for a second. Clearly, you've gotten over it. Oh, but no, but what the W, what the what the family? Sorry, the other thing about this guy, he didn't have a stomach. Interesting fact. But the family said he took all the heat for Bo. Bo wanted to fire Ernie. He agreed to do it, and he took the heat to cover Bo on that. So whatever, you know, Bo. Take down a statue for other reasons. Did you like View to Kill, Mark? Yes. I know you like the song, but did you like oh, the... Oh, people, the movie gets panned, doesn't it? No, it's it's probably not a great Bond movie, the, but, uh, Grace, but Christopher... Grace Jones? Grace Jones, yeah. but Christopher Walken's great in it. Yeah. yeah. And he says, uh, schedule. That's pretty silly. Right on schedule. Says, Thank you for that fact. Instead of schedule. <laughs> I thought Mike would like that being the angle file that he is. There he goes with the transference again. Um, uh, it's a good move. I gotta, I gotta learn that from Sean. So please send us your suggestions for room seven six oh nine to ML Soul Detroit at Gmail. We will get back. Sean is he can't take it anymore. He says we've got to get back to new wave music. And if Sean wants it, please it shall be done. Pretty so, please. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed our little diversion into Britpop, but uh, we love all your suggestions. We're looking for great new wave bands that have songs you may love but other people haven't heard or songs you may love from bands nobody's heard of. Send them our way. We will give them the platform they so richly deserve. And speaking of riches, please share some of yours with us. We would appreciate it if you would make a small donation as Bryant has. Bryant, once again, is the only person we have to thank, which uh, we thank him sincerely, and we don't want him to be lonely in that... Um, benefactor role uh mark how do people how do people throw us a bone mlsolidetroit.com right on the top menu you'll see a venmo link if you want to do it that way or your still paypal link that's right if you see the venmo link it says daisy house llc that money will get to us please send it and of course we'll take your your paypal money as well and we have some feedback from our our lovely and dynamic audience so who, who wants to start go ahead mark oh yeah, we are okay is from Frank via Facebook, which of course you can email to mlsolodetroit at gmail.com. But Frank says, the info on your show is top notch. When you derail the show with your stupid sidebars, it's time to fast forward. Have some self-control. You're not that clever, believe it or not. Who's he talking to there? Probably me. No, he was referring to me. That was posted on, on our Facebook page, which is ML Elric. So Frank is... It's good to see you listen. You had a lot of self-control this week. So I'm trying to keep it to a minimum. Believe it or not. I feel chastened. Hey, feedback's feedback. Do you have any feedback, Mike? All feedback and constructive criticism appreciated. Mean Do you have any mean, feedback to read? Mean comments. No, I I wanted to I wanted to step aside and let the stars no, no, read, let read. the stars shine. Go ahead, read. I don't have any. It's good to know you're one of those guys that gets over any? things like that. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm you don't have any? Still recovering. Uh, no, Sean, the, the one that says feedback with Sean on the top, but that's for you. Well, I thought you might have one, too. I don't have any. Okay. Uh, this is uh, about Room 7609, and it's from Pat. And sincerely, it's from Pat. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. And it starts out this way. This is a real ringing dorsum of me. I guess I'm with Sean. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. That's as good as it's going to get, brother, so you better keep reading. Dot. You went from New Wave to Britpop. That's like having a doctor tell you they misdiagnosed you at your previous visit. Sorry, Mr. Fill-in-the-blank. There was a mix-up at the lab. You don't have AIDS after all. You have inoperable rectal cancer. 
The only thing worse than song than the songs is ML's breakdown of the song after it mercifully ends. I still listen to every show. Again, sincerely, Pat. Thank you, Pat, for listening, and thank you for your feedback. And uh, I can relate. I love the show, but I can relate to the music uh, making the ears bleed. He's with Sean. Pat's with Sean. So that's our feedback. You can write to us anytime. Sounds so bummed today. ML solved Detroit. You're fine. You get over things. Well, no, your listeners love the show. They just don't want Mike to talk as much. <laughs> they don't want his music. They don't want him to talk as much. No, uh, yeah, they want him to talk. Just they want him to stay focused. I'll be okay. Not that anybody cares. But as I say all the time, I'm able to do the work I'm able to do because I got over not being popular in high school. Just, mm. Prepared me for everything that came. Yeah, after. I wasn't po- I wasn't popular either. For everything that came after. Didn't worry about it too much. Eventually, middle school is a little harder. Ninth grade, maybe. What about you, Mark? You were probably pretty popular. Uh, I don't know. Big man on campus, football you those, player. Yeah, you right. have those big calves. You're the big calves. You know what I mean? They carry yeah, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thank you for that. Thank and you, you for prob- objectifying me one more time. <laughs> it probably made yeah. you a, a really good football player, which made you really popular in the narrow view of American high schools. Wow. Okay. So any predictions for where this season is going after what we saw in week one for our favorite Same exact Big Ten thing. teams? Same exact. I, well, I don't know why. I going to say it'll win one more game. For the whole year? What are you talking about? No, they'll, 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 they'll win six. They'll have they'll a chance. Seven. They'll have a chance. I the told you they'll seven. wear teams, they should, they'll wear teams should down. wear six, have a chance at seven. Actually, I thought Noah Kim <clears throat> threw some really nice balls as the game went on. He was not the Kim that impressed me the most. That, that was better. the first forty-seven yard field goal I've seen in Spartan Stadium by a Spartan kicker no, in a long I, time. I, I guess the only question I have for that, that transfer from North Carolina real, is also named real, Kim. He looked good. Real quickly, I remember from a year ago, Kim would come in and he'd throw a few passes. You're like, huh? That looks different. I mean, he's he's, so? he's got because he's got Peyton Thorne, coach's son, all that savvy was good pocket presence. I, I it was a joy to cover. It was a good player, but Kim throws a better ball as a just a little more arm talent. You can just see it. He seems to have more of a, a catapult, doesn't he? He does. He and gets you, down you can, with a little I, bit of authority. I don't know what that'll mean moving forward. I don't know if he'll because Peyton Thorne played quarterback well. You're not going well. to you're not gonna have drop balls like that like he had on Friday But he night. threw a few That's balls not, as the game went on in the second half in particular, Mike, that were kind of like, oh, oh, okay. My only question coming out of that game is a guy gets carted off on the opening kickoff. Yes. Is Central Michigan that important of a game that he has to come back in and return you know, another kickoff? Because no, yeah, and he doesn't just come back in. He comes back in the one position where you're going to get hit hard. Is there that big so a So Mel Tucker was asked about that yesterday, death? and he said it's up to the medical staff to oh, say go, go, whatever. That's passing the buck. Well, why well, bother? It is up why? to the medical staff whether he can... But like if they say oh, he can't to clear play, him, sure. No, if they he say can't, he can't put him play, in. then yeah. Tucker can't. It has no authority to over yeah. to supersede that. But right? if they also override say he can, that. if they say he can play, you could go. You know, it's central, it's, and it's not gonna and it's not gonna look good, right? So you could play. Well, you're right, Sean. Eighty percent of it is about perception. And I mean, and the, announcers, the announcers announcers were blown away that they. Well, they were, and <laughs> there were a few. There were a few folks. I was up in East Lansing yesterday. There were a few folks that wondered. You know, this is just a. I hate to speculate in, in my role and my job, but there are a few folks that wondered if he just snuck in. 
No, well, it didn't sound well, like it that. Just, it just ran out there. Oh, oh, you mean like once he was cleared to go back yeah, in? Yeah, once he was cleared well, by the medical either staff. Way, either way. They would have had 12 players on the field, right? Because the guy who was supposed to go out there would have gone out Well, he there. could have just said the, to the guy, his replacement, yeah, like, no, hey, fine, hey, I'm, I'm, go I'm going, I'm going. You know, I don't know if that, that happened or not. That being said, that's even worse. That's even yeah, worse. Yeah, so if that, if that, and I don't know if that happened or not, and I, right? But if it did happen, you wouldn't want to admit that, right? You just no. want to say the medical. I don't know. He shouldn't have been well, in for again, the play. Central Michigan. Well, they didn't. No, because if you say that, then you're attaching, you know, the value of you wins don't say and that. losses you to the health. So you don't say Central. Uh, you say, hey, I don't care who it is. He doesn't need to be back out there. It doesn't look good. He yeah. got carted off. He should wait until at least a week, and we can talk about it. Well, they don't talk about injuries Never, much, but no. in any case, I just thought that, I just thought it was weird. It was weird, and the other thing is Henry looks like a fantastic option on kicks. So it's not like you know if we don't put this guy in, we're going to get pinned deep. I mean, he looked fantastic, and that one-handed catch in the end zone. Holy crap! Look, yeah. look it wasn't going back to is it Alante Brown? I think was the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a similar, but I, I think the Michigan example is way worse. When Shane Morris got the concussion against Minnesota, yeah, and went back in the game. I mean, that's it was ludicrous. And Shane finished his career at Central Michigan. Full circle, left-handed gunslinger from. Uh, from Thanks South for the Miles. feedback, everyone. Um, Michigan had uh, kind of a slow first half. Just watching the scoreboard, I didn't watch the uh, game because I couldn't see it. Five straight possessions where they scored. I thought I thought most of the scoring came in the second half. No, no, no. Okay, came in the first. They, they were pinned on the one for their first possession and decided to run up the middle three times. Maybe but then they was, scored on the next five possessions. Maybe so. it was the first quarter. I couldn't watch it, but it looked like things started slow. But obviously, it ended very, very well for Michigan. It fans. ended slow, but yeah, it ended. Yeah, it ended very well. The, slow. the ending was very good. For McCarthy me. looked really good. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback. Who else jumped out for you? I mean, I, I, I don't know any of their wide receivers. Was there anybody who stood out? Roman Wilson He's definitely on the same page with he, Roman, yeah. He played well in the in the. Is he uh, number semis. one now? Is yes, he wearing number one? Yep, uh-huh. He is. He played well in the semis against TCU, and uh, he looked good again. Okay. Um, they're tied in. Uh, uh, Colson Loveland? Loveland. He had two great routes, yeah. Just is so fluid. He look well. He's a leaguer. He looks legit. Yeah, yeah, he looks really good. But, no, I mean it's pretty but, much. Every, but JJ McCarthy, it it it. Oh, you look like he took over the team. Like yep. this is his team. This is his huddle. They're not gonna. They're they're gonna throw the ball more. They're comfortable. Yeah. So I. You I, know who I, else looked good? Uh, former Michigan quarterback Caden Caden McNamara. I, I wanted to get to my favorite Michigan quarterback in a minute. Oh, but Milton. Yeah. Milton looked good. Alan Bowman played well at Oklahoma State. But what about so so that's what that's what JJ McCarthy did without the head coach and the offensive coordinator there. Do you think that that game plan changes once they're back on the sideline? No, it's his game plan. It's, it's Harbaugh's game plan. Yep. He was there until okay. Friday night. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I do think at, at times there's a little stubbornness though, which maybe that maybe that does come from Harbaugh. Like like for instance on that first possession, running it three times in, or when they um, remember the fourth down uh, goal line when they got stuffed. There was a lot of stubbornness there, just running it in the middle, in the middle, right. in the middle. So, well, you saw that with Mel Tucker too. Michigan State tried to establish the run in the first half. They got stuffed a fourth couple and times. One, on running fourth out of shotgun. One, fourth right. and two. That's you know, what drives fans crazy. What the hell are they doing? I think both of those coaches have that classic Big Ten mentality: we have to control the ground game, and then we'll open it up. And then they kind of find out once they open it up, holy crap, you know, we can... Yeah, Michigan ran the first three times because they were pinning the two, and then they threw, I want to say, 
Like 31 rushes. 10 of their next, yeah. uh, you know, like complete 16 yeah. plays they threw or something. JJ yeah. set a record, most uh, highest completion percentage. I mean, they 30. threw the ball a lot and um, and very well. Yeah, no, that he, the way McCarthy looked, that's going to change the um, potential for them at the end of the year if they get there unblemished. How did you feel about the free Harbaugh uh, T-shirt? Before oh, that McCarthy game? wore? Yeah. It's fine. He's a quarterback who wants to. It's this guy. It's this guy. He's just showing his love for his coach. You know. Does that draw more attention to it, though? Is it sort of like, let's not talk about it? Oh, no, I think they want that. They, do. they want that attention. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I wrote that. When yeah, I, and, that's and their I, victim I position. mentioned that in the column I wrote about about that. And McCarthy was my first column of the day, the, the that, what we call the instant column. And, you know, I wondered, well, maybe this guy likes attention, but that doesn't mean he doesn't believe in what he was you know, saying about his coach and he loves his coach. Well, he said he so, missed. The, so. Well, I think you wrote that he missed the vibe of having him there. Yeah, he did. Him. He did. He said it. He said it actually surprised him. He said he didn't think it'd be that different, yeah. but then he realized it was. And you know, Harbaugh's got a presence. Whatever you think. Oh about yeah, it. no, no. I can see that he'd bring a lot of a lot of energy to a locker room. But I I saw that and I thought, okay, so we got free Harbaugh, we had free Juwan Howard, we had the hockey coach fired for being a liar. I mean, what's going on with this program that everybody needs to be freed? Is there is there a concern so that there's a, for that for a, while. a lack of institutional control? Is Ward Emanuel sitting here saying, geez, why do I have all these coaches that are getting in trouble? What the hell's going on here? But we keep winning, so except oh, yeah, for the basketball good. team. But the hockey team, oh, Whatever my God. Whatever you want to believe. The hockey team is, of all the teams on Michigan's campus, that is the best team. They're fantastic, unbelievable. be nice if they put it all together it would be nice if they finished. That's kind of that's the postseason's tough. issue, but whatever. That's tough. But uh, I think but that so, football team's pretty good. So you're not. No, no. Hey, I listen. An, I got an argument with my dad. By listen, I am. Vi- I'm heartbroken <laughs> how good that football team is. My dad yeah, said they were overrated. I said, okay, uh, hear me out. Who's number two then? He's like, that team, because he's an Ohio State Clemson? Man. No, he points to the TV because Ohio <laughs> oh, State was on. He's did, like, did you right see there. the Ohio State I'm game? Like, I'm like, hey, where were you the last two years of those games? He's like, oh, Ohio State gave those games away. Well, they did last year. That, oh, that, bullshit. Last year. That Ohio State team last year had no, I mean, this is why Ryan Day was in feeling he physically heat. beat the shit out they of They had the no business losing that game. When, the, when, when they came back a month later, and probably should have couldn't beat, run the ball. And, period. And shouldn't have beat and should have and they almost beat Georgia. Should have they didn't Georgia. have if they didn't have the injury, right? Yeah. And there was no way they weren't going to beat TCU or Michigan in that title game. But you watch that performance, you're like, okay, what did Ryan do against Michigan? Right? It's just they no, they they, uh, they were tight, man. They, no, they looked they 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 were in their head. I think that's, they were. that that Sanderson play in the end zone that was the game right there. I mean, Michigan I after they that they just beat, trucked beat them up. Trucked them. Ohio State couldn't run the ball. Did you see Ohio State on Saturday? They didn't run the ball against Georgia, but it didn't matter because Stroud was throwing to NFL receivers all over the place, and they didn't do that against Michigan. And their defense is not Georgia's. It was weird. I'll try one more time. Anybody see Ohio State and Indiana on Saturday? Yeah, I did not. Uh-huh. Mark did. Yep. I have tick. Uh, I'm going to Indiana for the Michigan State road game. I am now officially worried about Indiana, unless Ohio uh, State no. is that don't, bad. Don't because be. I, I think that game said a lot more about. Ohio State than it did Indiana. That's the consensus. Terrible. We'll see. So as a Wolverine, are you now putting every dollar you can spare on the Michigan Ohio State game right no, now? No. Really? Uh, well, no. I come on. It, a lot can happen between now and then. Well, I tell you what, I did see this weekend. Ohio State looked terrible. I think but, Michigan but have, State will compete with Michigan in East Lansing. Okay. I just hope we don't clothesline anybody. Hope I we think, don't viciously no, hurt anybody. I think you'll, I think you guys will compete with them. Okay. I think so too. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm interested win, in this this Nick Carter. We'll see. 
this Nick Carter has some speed. He looks like he's going to be a good back. He's going to be better than what we've had for a while if they, if they, if they make a good game plan. But uh, it was some great speed on that Michigan defense. Oh no, no, there's no question. Hey, what listen, about, uh, Penn State Michigan Devil? is legitimately I'll be at the a wagon. Game. That's the one that scares me. Yeah. So Penn State had a good start too, Penn didn't State they? Is really loaded. Yeah, no, they they get they, that guy Franklin gets players. Anyway, Ohio all right. State, Ohio State we're turning off fine. our listeners right know, now with all this. Ohio State will be fine. They had a lot of new players on offense. We should have said called Cyrus uh, in yeah, right, and then right. had this discussion off air. Well, I just all right. was hoping Sean needs to go. Oh, sorry. Well, it's not right. just that. It's just uh, we're, we're right. getting too no, knee right. deep into college football. You're right. Sorry. Sorry, listener. No, he's right. Um, what's coming up on the Carlton show? A lot of college football. <laughs> Detroit Lions. Because the, right. they right. kicked their season off, and I don't want to talk about another football team here, but yeah. <laughs> I did not see that Sean. coming. But you know who else didn't see it coming? Who? Cyrus. Cyrus. He just stood up and there and said what he had to say, and they took him out. LQ Jones, the soul of Detroit, a podcast that has become a legend by word of mouth. Rated R.